This week on Ultra 64, get ready, get set. Oh, fuck, fuck, hand cramp, hand cramp, hand cramp. Welcome to Ultra 64, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Gutman. I'm Woody Siskowski, still winded from running more than an hour ago. Yes, oh my god. And we're joined by uh, sports desk consultant Nicole Batiste. Welcome back, Nicole. Thanks for having me. You've, oh. been, you've been demoted to consultant from yes. correspondent. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she, she ceded that to Josiah. She's like, oh, okay. I don't want to do this anymore. So now she just consults. And uh, in this case... more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's part-time. It's all under the table. And uh, it's actually appropriate this time because uh, this is a sport that you actually have an extensive amount of hands-on experience in as opposed to hockey or where you've feet, watched feet, a game feet on experience as well. Yes, yes, yes. So today we played International Track and Field 2000. And Nicole actually has run competitive track and field quite a bit all throughout college and into adulthood. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, tell us about adulthood. How's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. Is it better than boyhood? Gosh. Um, so I, I did run track in college and high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I only really did order. the distance events. <laughs> yes, of course. It's much easier when you run it backwards and yeah. you can push all those little kids out of the way. <laughs> it's way better. <laughs> The longer the event, the better I was, so I was not really very good at the sprinting. I did not do any jumping or throwing things, but I did do running and got to do She does relays. throw things at me now. Yes, um, I'm very good at that. Yeah. What are, what are the longest runs that you do in a track and field event? Like, is it 200 the longest, or does... Is oh, the, marathons no. aren't part of track and field, right? Um, not technically. I don't think there's marathons you do on the track um i'm actually not sure what the longest you people do on the track though there because there's some like ultra marathoning events where people run around tracks and so it could be very long but anyway the longest you do in at least college would be a 10k so six miles okay and when you compete in track and field events are you only competing in one of the specific events and you have a team of people who compete in the different events you don't okay. have to be on a team with some of them um and that's the ones that i've actually done post college you there's some track meets that they'll have that anybody can go to so you can go and just compete with like 12 year olds and mm-hmm. old people and that's ah, that's that's fun. when i like to compete i like to yeah. compete with 12 year olds and old people Absolutely. people my age oh. yeah no way no <laughs> But yeah. yeah, and I mean, I I've never competitively run or anything, but I've I've started running regularly ever since me and Nicole started dating, just because I wanted her to be interested in me. And uh, she's <laughs> it's still, not worth it. It's Steve. not working. She's still not. <laughs> but one of these days we'll work on it. But yeah, no, I, I, we run like two or three times a week, you know, uh, on a good week, and uh, yeah, we we still run all the time. But again, most of the games in this. Uh, game, I guess the mini games in this <laughs> micro game. game. Make, make a little flow chart. Okay, it's yeah, like... this micro game and then mini game and yep. then Wario's in one of these. Yep, and um, then and then mega games, right? Above. There's a mega game, yeah, and there's a uh, ultra game. 
which is uh, our podcast. Yeah, yeah, excellent. <laughs> so we, we brought it back around. But yeah, most of them in this are based on speed or strength, which are things that I do not possess. <laughs> uh, so it was fun to dig into it. So, I mean, track and field games, they definitely have like a place in gaming history. They are the ultimate controller busting hand cramping hand cramping button mashing experiences <laughs> i mean there's kind of a certain logic to it that i appreciate like you're you're breaking a sweat playing video games you're getting about, physically fatigued running the 100 meter exactly you're trying to recreate like a really strenuous physical activity and you are doing that like that's they've successfully stumbled on that formula and it still works so the genre hit its peak popularity back in 1988 when Nintendo released the Power Pad, which was a touch-sensitive floor mat that you would spread out on the you ground. Know, like and you a DDR pad or something. Yeah, exactly. It was a precursor to that. And if you were smart or lazy like I was, you would just get down on the ground and slap the buttons with your hands, <laughs> you know, because that's a good way of gaming it out. Yeah. And my hands were faster than my feet, so, you that's know, That's the was equivalent of putting the Duck Hunt gun right up against the oh, screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, which worked every time. It was great. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's for a weird Nintendo peripheral, the power pad actually was pretty functional. I mean, a lot of the early peripherals on the NES didn't really work. Did you ever the, see, the there was worked. a weird product that was like a cage, I think. I don't remember if it was an NES or a Sega Genesis peripheral. Oh, you're thinking of like the, uh, it was like the activator. A, yeah, it was yeah. like a cage that you stood around and would track your movements when you stood in the middle exactly. of it. Exactly, yeah, it was supposed to be for like fighting games, and it, that did not work. I had one when I was <laughs> okay. a kid, it did not work. I thought it was the coolest damn thing ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's called the activator. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, this works, and it's actually pretty fun to use. And originally, it came bundled with the game Stadium Events, uh, which was only released in a few select test markets, and then it was quickly pulled and was rebranded as World Class Track Meet. So that's how most people know of it. Uh, but this weird title switching and the scarcity of the distribution has led to Stadium Events becoming the most valuable video game of all time. Uh, a complete in-box copy of the game sold for $42,000 in 2017. Right. Um, and it's, it's the same game as World Class Track Me. Same exact it's, game. It's collecting gone amok. It's, because it's, it's nuts. It's like, I want another copy of this game that's not very good anyway yeah. for $42,000. Well, even, even like loose cartridges will cost about $10,000, yeah. like, which is crazy to wow. me. And it makes me especially hate this woman I read about in 2013 who found a complete in-box copy of this in a Goodwill and bought it for $8, flipped it for 15000 So, oh yeah, it, it's kind of ridiculous. That's the holy grail of uh, video game collecting for a lot of people. It used to be the uh, the NES World Championship Special Edition cartridge. That, that they, they used, it's kind of like a the wizard equivalent thing of like they had a Nintendo competition and they all played this game that was a combination of a bunch of different games. Yeah. Do you want yeah, coffee? But it usurped by stadium events. Nicole was just like gesturing at me like I didn't I didn't know what was happening. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, it, that was our coffee break intermission of Ultra Sixty Four. Absolutely. Uh, so I mean, I will, I'll I'll briefly touch on the history of track and field just because it's interesting. But it's the oldest form of sport that we know. Run, uh, running, fast. running fast, running yeah. fast. It's yeah. the oldest kind things. of yeah. professional Jumping. sport. It predates history, but uh, if we want to go back, we can pinpoint. The How first do we Olympics. know that it predates history? Maybe it starts the same day history starts. Yeah, maybe that would be a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. Start. It's like, so oh, oh, I want to hurry over and start history. How will I get over to my scrolls? Uh, I'll race you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. That was a hell of a day. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the the very first Olympics, which is, I think, what we associate these track and field style events with, were held in 977 BCE in Greece, 
And really, the only sport that they had at the first Olympics was a race. It was just a foot race. But uh, eventually, it, it went on from naked racing to naked wrestling. Naked, naked rock javelin throwing. throwing. Uh, naked yeah. sand fighting. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and naked uh, art, just sketching, speed sketching, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they were all naked until the 1920s when we ruined everything. Ugh. <laughs> Terrible. So currently the fastest person alive uh, is Usain Bolt from Jamaica. He's famous for that. He holds the world record for both the 100 and 200 meter dash. He ran the 100 meter in 9.58 seconds and the 200 meter in 19.19 seconds. Uh, The fastest woman alive right now is an American sprinter named Carmelita Jeter. But even she has been unable to touch the records, the 100 meter and 200 meter records set by Florence Griffith Joyner in 1988. Wow. Uh, Flojo died tragically in 1998 at the age of 38. She had a, a, a seizure in her sleep. Wow. Uh, but her record has not been touched in 30 years, That's which is some, pretty amazing. Th- that is amazing because usually I feel like as equipment gets better and medicine gets better, people get faster and yeah. faster. But So it's amazing that a record from 1988 stays, Yeah, stays and there. nobody's been able to touch it. And Carmelita Jeter is, uh, you know, she has the second fastest speed in that. But, yeah, she, uh, even that. And it's one of those things like it, it – I read these times and I'm just like, these don't seem like that much. So uh, we all went out and tested it. We tested ourselves on the 100 meter and the 200 meter dash. The things we do for the podcast. I just, didn't know running was part of the deal. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I think this was a valuable experiment. Okay, so uh, the fastest time on the 100 meter dash was Woody, who is crazy fast. Uh, I have to say, you were really impressively fast. You did 12.22. She's only like three seconds behind the world record, right? Yeah, yeah. which is really good. And uh, uh, I was next fastest at 14.29, uh, which is better than I thought I would do. And Nicole was at 16.81, which is also very impressive. It's like, but at the same time, you, you see this and you see 12.2. Okay, how hard is it to shave three seconds off of that and be the fastest person in the world? And But I feel like we were going maximum effort. Oh, there. yeah. I was real tired. Yeah. That's, I've... 200 meter was even rougher for us. Uh, so Woody's too, again, Woody was the fastest at uh, 28.15 uh, for the 200 meter. Uh, and again, 1919 is the record on that. Ooh, that would be a big shave <laughs> That's of a time. Big shave. Yeah. That's a big shave. Uh, I did uh, 33.03, and Nicole did 35.13. And then we tried a hundred meter with the dog. So Nicole <laughs> just for science. A, Nicole did a hundred meter sprint uh, with the dog leading her because we weren't sure if his sprinting was going to uh, help the time or hurt the time. Uh, it was seventeen point seven three. So that's a that's about a second Important less. Important scientific work being done by the Ultra sixty four crew. Exactly. <laughs> the dog makes you slower. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess it just helped me put that in context. Like us working as hard as we could. Uh, and he was still three seconds faster than us. Like that's that's pretty good. Than me. Let's than be you. technical than you. That's here. It. Yeah, it's, uh, five. I was two faster seconds than faster than you. Yeah, <laughs> but it also it's it's weird. It feels like this is something like if we really pushed ourselves, we could get there. It doesn't seem that onerous, really. But it does it seem is. like it's just kind of innate, though. Like how fast you can sprint. It's yeah, like it's you can improve it a little, but. I feel like the thing you can really work on is the ability to go a longer distance. Yeah, like I've always been a pretty fast runner, but it's I could barely make it through that two hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Much longer than that. We were used to like longer distance running, Mm -hmm. which is like slower and yeah. So I I was I was struggling with the fast running. Uh, All right, well let's jump into the game International Track and Field two thousand. It was released June first two thousand and published and developed by Konami, and it was later released on PlayStation, Game Boy Color, Dreamcast, and PlayStation two. 
This is another confusingly titled game because it's going to be different depending on what platform you're playing it on. Uh, so this is the only one that's called International Track and Field 2000. On PlayStation, it's just called International Track and Field 2. <laughs> and on all the other platforms, it's called ESPN International Track and Field. That's weird. So it just gets kind of all muddled. But it's the same There's game. not much ESPN license in this. In this one, no, not There's at no all. There's no commentary, I don't think. No, nothing. Pretty quiet except the one lady who keeps repeating meters. She says, yeah. the distance Me- on this was 35 meters. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Which, is that a thing? Is that a thing the that they echo? do? Or is that just uh, trying to simulate an echo, Nicole? I think it was just trying to sim- simulate an echo. I don't Okay. I, don't I, I just, I didn't know if that was like something from track and field meets that is normal, but apparently not. So this game is actually the sixth game in the international track and field franchise. Uh, it's a distance equal to track and field, a.k.a. Hyper Olympics, which debuted in the arcades in 1983, which had a popular NES port. Chances are, if you've ever broken an NES controller in half <laughs> trying to button mash, it's because you were playing track and field or track and field 2. Uh, and also, if you've ever heard, if you're around my age and you know uh, Vangelis's score to Chariots <laughs> of Fire, which is the Oscar-winning amazing theme song, uh, it's probably because you played this game and not because you watched that boring-ass <laughs> British movie. <laughs> Uh, it's real. It's boring. one of those things that's just parodied more often than it's actually people have seen the original. Yeah, and I'm wondering if they got the license to like just take that song for the game because that's like a really recognizable famous song, and they just like took it and put it in like bit chip form. They even used that uh, intro of the eight bit guy running through the torch uh, at the start of this game when it says expansion pack detective. Which the guy will run through with the torch. Yeah, yeah I really liked that. He got his little mustache and everything. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, so this one is this game is a direct sequel to International Track and Field, which debuted on the PlayStation in 1996. So it's more of a direct follow up to that and that kind of graphics engine and everything. Um, so this game it preceded the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. So this is not a tie in with the Olympics at all, which is very confusing. Well, it is confusing. Is there especially... an, there's no Olympic summer Summer Olympics game. Is there? there's no Summer Olympics okay, game, shoot. but this is actually not the last time we're gonna. Uh, experience the Sydney Summer Olympics in this podcast uh, because it's going to pop up as a key plot point in Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Weird. There's a wow, there's right. a there's well, a plot to, look to, forward uh, to unleash a virus on the 2000 Olympics that we need to squash. So okay. look forward to seeing that in all its details. Uh, so this marks a return to one of the weirdest subgenres of game marketing ever blockbuster exclusives uh, yes. yes like the previously discussed transformers beast wars trans metals which was at the bottom it's still the bottom of still my the bottom list of yours still pretty close to the bottom of mine uh this was a rental only game that could be acquired at blockbuster unlike transformers this one is fairly common and cheap because it was more popular and it was made in higher quantities and it doesn't have that red hot trans metals license attached to it that's always jacking up the prices and I think of all the games that were made blockbuster exclusives, uh, this one makes the most oh, sense yeah. as a rental-only game. No, it's yeah. it's great because this game, I would feel sad if I had purchased this game. Yeah, it's there's it has fourteen events or it has some quantity of events. It oh, has yeah, a yeah. lot of events, but lot. they all play basically the same or very slight variations on well, each they're, other. There are variations, but it's it's the same basic idea of like pressing buttons really fast. Yeah, and so. I had a nice time playing it today, um, but I, I wouldn't want to spend you know forty, fifty bucks on it. Uh, it's a one it's two a, hours is about the most. It's a one. It's this. a good rental game. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just it just makes perfect sense for that blockbuster model, unlike something like you know Transformers, which you really need to dig in if you really want to get sick. <laughs> which the correct amount to play Transformers is zero. Zero. So, yes. Yes. That's, that that's makes... probably why they chose that one. They're like, well, they won't want to play this one for too long, so maybe. It's, That's a good idea. <laughs> no, this is the only one that makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's a smart marketing move on that. Uh, so the N64 version actually boasts the largest variety of events of all of the v- different versions of this game. There's 14 events, like you said. Game Boy Color had the next most. They had 12. Uh, so the events include 100-meter dash, 100-meter freestyle, 110-meter hurdles, the breaststroke, the hammer throw, the high jump, the horizontal bar, the javelin throw, the long jump, pole vault, trap shooting, triple jump, the vault, and weightlifting. So we're going to go through all of these because we played every one of these. We did. Uh, uh, we, we needed to use a cheat code to unlock the last four, which, thank God, Woody remembered that cheat codes are a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really, it's really a joy to be able to go to Game game Facts and look up these random cheat codes and type in. There's a, there's a weird satisfaction to doing the button combination, getting that chime at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's just something that's kind of not in my consciousness anymore. Like, I don't think, like, oh, I wonder if I have the cheat codes for this game. Like... I haven't thought about that since, like, we were, I think Grand Theft Auto 3. If we were pulling out, if we had an NES or Super NES version of this show, we'd be pulling out the Game Genies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, was this was it the Konami code to unlock? This is a Konami game, so did we... Did oh, I don't think it was. Okay. I don't think it was. I was just curious. I should have paid better attention. Was. I mean, I rarely get the Konami code to work. On, yeah. Especially games like Beyond Super NES. Like, it doesn't really apply anymore. But, yeah. But that's the most famous one. So, uh... Let's, I mean, to begin with, the game looks pretty nice. Uh, yeah, um, I thought this game looked great. Yeah, there's really good, like, beefy character models. Um, I mean, everything looks like it is supposed to look, and you get some nice, you pointed out some nice cinematic camera angles, like mm-hmm. during the swimming matches and stuff like that. The camera will go below the water. And and you select your country. So, yeah, it's a four-player game. You can just do the events by yourself. There's a trial mode where you can select your event, or there's a championship mode where you can play through a lot of the events in order, yeah. and you all of these are for one to four players. Um, and so you select your country, and each event has a different participant. Um, some of them, a couple of them have female participants. A couple, most of them are male participants. Uh, Nicole pointed out it would have been cool since, like, you know, females participate in all the events. Yeah. Um, just to have, there's only, I think, two female events, or, like, a couple swimming and then the vault. Yeah, vault, vault, yeah, yeah, vault and two swimming. They they did split up the gymnastics one, which which was kind of weird. They had, one was a man and one was woman, a woman for the gymnastics events. But everything else, it was like, oh, men do all of the running and jumping, and women do swimming and a little gymnastics. Yeah, I thought it it would have been cool if it was just random you know what gender yeah. event you played yeah. um the, and the character models yeah they all look different and they all look good they're racially diverse yeah. yeah um they look like the country that you play from and i don't know i was just really impressed by how the characters looked and the animations were yeah. decent too yeah the no. javelin that was steve's favorite yeah. i think yeah, yeah. does yeah. a little, little wiggly javelin <laughs> yeah, yeah the guy does a little fist bump when he throws it He's far like, yeah. yeah i mean they don't have facial expressions so much but you know they have that kind of blank stone face that we can yeah. project our emotions onto yeah. which you is don't nice. see their faces much of the time because they're running or jumping they're too busy so. looking at their butts obviously they're awesome athletic they butts bruise them when they jump and yeah. land on that. yeah we repeatedly we did not have great luck in the long jump and we would just jump and we would barely make to the sand i would point it out not make that it. there was uh 
they definitely missed an opportunity for hilarious boing noises <laughs> oh, as God. the characters bounced on the track. I was really hoping for an animation on the long... I mean, we might as well just jump in with the yeah. long jump. Like, sure. I was really hoping for animation where if you land on the pavement, like, you get up clutching your butt in yeah. pain. <laughs> but he didn't. He just gets up and just kind of dusts himself off. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, okay, so you play the long jump by... You're, so you're building all, up speed. The fundamental of all these games is based on the left and right C button. Pretty much Which, all of them. Is kind of an awkward mechanic. And that's, I would say that's the biggest problem with this game. Was yeah. Late in the game, when uh, we unlocked the breaststroke mode, Nicole was playing that, and it's all done on the L and R buttons. And we were like, oh, that's how you should have designed this entire game. And <laughs> I, I wonder if it's just too punishing to play the game with your middle fingers like that, or like, uh, yeah. I don't you know. You can switch. You can use your, you can, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you The can. C buttons are just so close together, so it's very hard to find a comfortable way to pr- alternate and press both of yeah. them with yeah. two hands and then it also usually to for like the long jump you're going to use the L- uh left and right c buttons to run fast and then you have to press z yeah which yeah. is a very awkward hand position it is and so you hold z and this angle meter comes up and you release it to get a good angle on your jump and most people if you play track and field on the nes you know what you're generally doing is you're holding the controller in your lap and you're jamming on it with your index and your, you know, you're, you're jamming on it with other fingers and just your thumb. You were far and away the best at button mashing. I'm, I'm yeah, good at, yeah. I'm, I am good at this. Clearly you would practice. Style of game. <laughs> yes, I, I've, I've, I've got nimble thumbs. But, so the long, yeah, the long jump, uh, it took us a little while to get the timing right. I think Woody was ultimately best at the long jump. I um, seem to have a best luck with the jumping ones. Yeah. That yeah. was probably my favorite jumping one yeah. that we did though. So. It was it I was mean, I guess off the top, do you guys did you guys have a favorite event of all the ones we played? I liked the the horizontal bar. I felt like that, that had clever. the most um unique thing. You would hold hold Z to get your character spinning around and then there would be a meter that you would have to match and then control directions would come up and you would have to press the corresponding direction on the stick and yeah. then your character would do a trick. Um, it was, I mean, all these games were difficult. Some of them were satisfyingly difficult where you're like, yeah, I feel like I can get this and I'm getting better every time. And some of them, like the weightlifting just seemed impossible. That was tough. It like, we, I mean, you as a very skilled button masher were not able to mash buttons appropriately. We were were double teaming that controller. (laughs) That was as close as we could get to like getting it to the right place. We were both jamming on one controller and it was still like impossible. It was ridiculous. I couldn't even start that one. I'm like, I can do this in real life. Come on. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know, but my favorite one, I liked the breaststroke one, Mm. but I could see that one. It was almost too easy. So I might go with something else that's simple. Like, I mean, maybe the long jump or the 100-meter dash. Those were both pretty simple. They're pretty intuitive. And, and, and they didn't... Up. It wasn't like, oh, gosh, the 100-meter freestyle. Was, oh, God. It, it was awful. It was it hilarious. Was just, we, we were swimming to the edge of the pool, and we were all so tired just hammering on the buttons. We're like, Steve, you're almost there. Go, Steve. Go. We're all so tired. And then Steve gets to the end, and we're like, oh, no, it's only halfway. That's only halfway. <laughs> I probably so, got more tired doing that 100-meter freestyle swim than I did running the 100-meter like dash. we were actually sure. physically yeah. sprinting. Like, this was way more exhausting. Uh, I think, that, yeah, I, I do think the javelin was my favorite. Just be, Maybe I'm just a little biased because that was the one, like, we all were fouling out in the first time. And then we, we kind of just got it. Yeah, and then yeah. we were getting really good at it. It was designed it. nicely of, like, we actually getting better on each run. Yeah. 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 So the, the javelin and, yeah, the weightlifting, I feel like, was just kind of broken. Yeah, that... Um, did not work. But yeah, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit. So 100 meter dash, 
Uh, it, that's the simplest one, I think. It's that, just, that and the swimming freestyle are the same. You just jam the just buttons. Jamming left and right on the yeah. C buttons. And uh, I, I did very well at that just because I'm very fast at that. But the thing that's weird is you didn't even do... I mean, you got, like, what, third or fifth relative yeah, to the computer? Yeah, like, like these that. games... I don't know. I feel like there would be a high... And like running in real life, it would be hard to do much better than you did, I yeah. felt like. So, and that doesn't sound like very appealing replay value to just like jam as fast as you can and you get third and you're like, oh, gonna play it again and jam faster. And this was kind of the same problem we encountered with the the Nagano Winter Olympics game that we played. It's just like, it felt like we... We had a cap on how well. Yeah, we could even do. ones we felt like we were getting and doing well on, we were still like in tenth place. And I mean, spoiler: this is way, way better than Nagano Winter yeah. Olympics, but it, it still had that element. Well, I think this one was different in that way, though, because there were some that we actually did place on and did well. It didn't seem impossible, and I think the thing that you're kind of trying to remember with this is that it's it's like a international world championship, so. If you want it to be hard for everyone, mm. it kind of like people who are really, really good, better than Steve, <laughs> oh, hard to believe. might be able to win them. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's nice to have some challenge for replay value, but for the games that are essentially just jamming on buttons, that's not a very appealing option to me uh, yeah. to try it, because I was jamming about as fast as I could, and yeah. I got 10. But, but I can see why they designed it that way. And so, uh, 100 meter freestyle, we've gone into a little bit. That was uh, that was the most hilarious one for us just playing because like Nicole was like crying, laughing because like we were all struggling so bad, and I'm screaming and making noise the whole time and just freaking out because it that one legitimately I felt like I was going to cramp my arm, yeah. like I was hurting. It's one of those things. It's like okay, so the end is so close. The end is so close. Nope, you're halfway. <laughs> I just think of, like, Homer climbing the mountain in that one episode. Like, he's struggling, struggling. He thinks he's there, and then there's still, like, a whole part of the mountain left, so he just chops off the mountain. Um, (laughs) And so then you have the hurdles, which, you know, are 100-meter hurdles. So, like that, you just run, but you press Z to jump. And my problem with this was the – this is one we all play simultaneously. Some of them you swap out, and we're doing, like, each one of us has three attempts – uh, this one is simultaneous, and the problem I was having with it was the camera follows whoever's in the lead. Yeah. So I was missing the timing on the hurdles because I was off camera. Yeah. The uh, yeah. it was following like the computer players and first, and we were all kind of hanging in the back. Yeah. yeah. That one I couldn't even. I didn't even try very hard. I pressed Z occasionally, and and then there's the. I think there was three jumping games. The, right, there was the the long jump, the high jump, and, the and then the vault. triple jump. Oh, and a pole vault. Oh, and a pole vault. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, long jump we went over. Uh, the high jump, I did not really get the. Hang no, the of. high jump and the pole vault are basically the same. You ram the buttons to go fast, and then you press Z to bring up your meter. And then you have to press Z again to pull your feet to up pull your feet so you don't hit the bar. And we were never able to do that. The timing in these games that require timing mm. is very tight. And very, very specific. Um, it's hard to tell when you're supposed to do and it. Sometimes the meters go so fast. And yeah. I don't. Again, it's it's a level of challenge. I felt like I could get a better hang of it, but it would have been nice to like not have fouled every time. I don't think time. any. I think we all triple fouled on the high jump. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we all did pretty tough on that. And then triple jump, I never really got the hang of. Yeah, um, I was able to do it. You, some. you were able it to was, do it. Was pretty good at it. And that's basically just a long jump with an extra jump. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, so, but it, it was still kind of tough. Um, so the, the breaststroke we talked about a little bit, that's one of the unlockable ones and it's incredibly relaxing compared to everything else you're doing because it's just slow, steady L R L 
it's oh. a timing thing. There's a me- a bar that goes left and right, and when it's at the left, you press L. When it's at the right, you press R. Yeah. Um, and so it's more of keeping a rhythm rather than just jamming as fast as you can. And I learned that Nicole doesn't like it when I shout out her scores as she's doing it. Like, it'll say, bad, great, bore, bad, good, bad. Great. You learn you learn cool. that now. You learn yeah. it that people don't appreciate it when you shout out their scores as they're yeah. playing. You're doing badly. Yeah. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's perking up. Yes, yes, you. Um, so uh, the hammer throw uh, is one that I tried by myself, and it's uh, this one's very different from the others because you're you're rotating the analog stick as would make sense for a hammer throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense. It's intuitive. You have to spin around five times, build up power with the analog stick, and then time out your Z press to throw the hammer in the right direction. Uh, I think I maxed out at nine meters. Uh, I barely made it. One time it didn't even get off the circle because I was turning the analog stick in the wrong direction. It's one of those you have to use like the palm of your hand and really like jam Mario on. Mario Party ru- control yeah. stick burn, oh, palm burn. Those, I still need to get those gloves. Yeah, and so it's... I don't know. That one wasn't terribly fun, but I, I, it makes sense. It's logically laid out. Sure. Uh, the high jump we talked about, the horizontal bar is the one you were talking about, the, the gymnastics one. Yeah. So you you press Z to jump up, grab your bar, and start your routine. And so you're spinning around the bar, and there's a little meter that'll quickly go up, and you have to stop it at the exact right point. If you stop it exactly right, then you get a little more time to complete some button presses. Like you or move the analog control stick. stick control stick presses. Yeah, you, you have to move in a certain combination to execute this move. Uh, and it was clever, and it's well done um, for the kind of game. Like, it makes sense for a gymnastics routine. Yeah. Uh, I was also not very good at it because, it, again, you need to be real fast on that control stick. Yeah. Like, real, real yeah. fast. And Even I just couldn't get the Nicole's patterns. character, I, I just I enjoyed like, this uh... image. The character just kept spinning around on the bar <laughs> about ten times and then just dismounted and put his hands up. Yeah. I, it, she it got a five, wonderful. which seemed very generous from the judges <laughs> for a character just spinning on the bar. That's but... like a Nintendo Power 5. Though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, yeah. It's negative. Terrible. Everyone knows what that five really means. Oh, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I like that mode a lot. Um, the javelin throw we've talked about, which is... Uh, yeah, it, it took us a little bit because we weren't sure when you need to start holding to aim your throw. Exactly, it's easy and default. There's like a meter, and then it touches the arced meter for your javelin angle, and then it keeps going. Though the, the power meter keeps going beyond that, so we were a little confused about when we actually start to throw. But once we got a hang of it, uh, we did pretty well. And my first throw was 69, so uh, I was very happy about yeah, that. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Steve. Yes. Uh, yes, long jump. We discussed the pole vault. Okay, Woody did the pole vault. I didn't do this one. It was the same as the high jump, basically. You yeah. just press R to jump and then press R again to rest your legs. I fouled again a bunch of times. But we were talking about how, like, kind of weirdly insane that, like, how do you discover that you're good at pole vaulting? <laughs> it's true. Like, it's a we- or, like, how do you decide to pursue that hobby? Yeah. Like, that's just know, a really weird, out of the way thing. That's not a, that's not a motion that human beings are meant to do. So here's what sometimes happens is the track coach looks at someone he's like oh you used to do gymnastics you're kind of fast at sprinting but not quite fast enough so why don't we try you doing pole vault so that's basically how i saw people end up doing pole vault and it's a crazy dangerous exciting sport to do but you know it's do when you're training to be a pole vaulter do you have to wear a helmet because I feel like the risk of just like going up and then falling backwards and landing right yeah. on your neck is really uh, uh, high. You know, I don't recall anyone wearing helmets when they were doing it. I guess it. you would just start with a very low bar. Okay. 
Oh, that's what that means. I've just gotten yeah. used to associating that with <laughs> politics. And, yeah. Okay. Yep. Or limbo. You know, limbo, you need a low bar. There's many things you need a low bar. Like a child's bar. You know, where you get drinks. Steve. I'm going to keep talking about this. This is a great tangent. This I'm, tangent. I'm very <laughs> confused by this tangent. I'm, I'm workshopping my tight five here. It's... I'm not even sure where this is going. <laughs> I know where it's it is. Somewhere <laughs> bad. <laughs> so uh, uh, the weirdest mode, I think, and the most different mode is uh, trap shooting, which is yeah. why it's why we were seeking out uh, cheat codes because we really wanted to play this one, but it's unlocked. And uh, it's dunk, it's duck hunt basically, uh, and it, it's pretty fun. But it, it's there's yeah. no light there's no light gun. You press A to shoot the traps out, and then you just can see the barrel of your gun and you aim it and yeah you have, to you have shoot. A, a gun like a your average first person shooter and uh, you're supposed to hit your traps and it was kind of weird because like i think it was adjusting based on how well you were doing because you were starting to get like three or four skeets shot out yeah, at i guess time. we don't know the official rules of trap shooting yeah maybe if you hit more you they release more yeah but. something weird but like you were doing better so you were getting more and uh i, I got the hang of it eventually but i think you beat me on that but one. even yeah even doing better it's like i think we had like 67 points and the world record was like 340 points yeah that's not so, what we're good at just yet uh that's that's something we'll work on yeah it's, uh, it's weird because i i am pretty forgiving to this game but at the same time i wouldn't really want to go play it a lot more like i wouldn't no, want to practice and get good at the skeet shooting mode but but it, it was fun to play for an hour it was yeah. fun i think it's it's it'd be something to kind of have your friends over and torture them with a little bit and just like just see for a weird one. change of pace go through the just championship a weird change mode. Of pace. yeah i really was worried that we were going to break these controllers because <laughs> the, the n64 controllers feel kind of lightweight uh compared to a lot of others and i was worried we were going to break them like we were really jamming on these things <laughs> <laughs> There's just not a comfortable way to hold it. It's uh, I think this game would be a lot m- more comfortable if it was just the A and B button that you were jamming on. Because then you could almost be. do it with one fa- one thumb or L and R. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But uh, the the vault was maybe the most complicated one, I think. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Because so you run, pick up speed, press con- yeah. Z, and then have a button combination or a control pad combination. And then you have to press Z again to land. On yeah, a so meter. It's, it's a little bit of all of the mini games yeah. jammed into like a really short amount of time. And again, it's like they, they, all of these have little tutorials that they walk you through, like little wireframe characters. And it's going at a very reasonable pace when you're watching these tutorials. And then you play it, and it's like, oh shit! Like I, I was, I was going the speed that they were doing, which is woefully inadequate. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, the tutorials go a little too slow, and that's another. The presentation in this game is nice, but it's annoying when you're just trying to play the game over and over to get better at it. Yeah, because every time it will like pan back to your character and show you the scores and show their response. You just want to. There wants to. I, this game really needed like a mode where you just can play the game infinite times. Oh yeah, with no menus or presentation yeah, around that it. That would help. And the modes here, we didn't even mention that we have trial mode, which is just where you get to play all the I mentioned games. it, Steve. Did you mention it? I I'm mentioned sorry, I missed it. it. I apologize. <laughs> Pay attention. No. It's not I refuse. Uh, all right, so the last one that we can, and we've talked about it a little bit, but let's try and go into the specifics of weightlifting. Like, uh-huh. why was this so hard? What was going on with this? Okay, so uh, I think the problem we had here is that we skipped the tutorial a little too soon because we thought it was done. Like, it's like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, you, you most games are only one step. Yeah. This game was three steps. You're, you're supposed to use the L and R, C buttons again to uh, uh, build up power. And then there's a little moving yellow cursor that you're supposed to stop in a special, like, zone. And then your weightlifter will do a clean. Like, he'll pick up the weights. Uh, but we didn't realize there's a, 
a jerk portion of this afterwards. Uh, yeah, so the, jerk the, portion. the jerk portion. The jerk portion. The worst. <laughs> no, the worst part is whatever the third portion yeah. is. It's like sustaining or like getting it up over your head or it's something. I think it must be standing up, you know, because oh, like he, went, he was still in like a split jerk. Oh, okay. So he has to stand up for, to. He's such a split jerk. Yeah. Yeah. So you that was where we were really struggling because and we just we were unable to hammer the buttons fast enough. We were on the weird. lightest weight, uh, and yeah, we just couldn't do it. We could not physically build up enough speed and then be able to press the Z button at the same time to like complete the move. Like it was really, really hard. And I will throw in there, I somehow I couldn't even get the meter to move with mine. I don't you know if I just clean. wasn't even clean. alternating enough, like so I thought that one was just insanely hard for yeah that anyone. That's the only one I think that felt like inaccessibly broken. hard. Like felt like, broken. It felt it broken. Did. It did. Which is which is a pretty good batting average when you compare it to Nagano, where like half of them felt broken. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And really, that's the closest thing we can compare this game to because it's an Olympic style mini game collection. But this one is much more fun. Uh, the games are more intuitive. Uh, presentations much. Presentations nicer. way better. Yeah. It's and they're both from Konami, but this is just a much better execution, I think. So the series went on. Uh, at, there was a new international track and field for the DS uh, that came out in 2008. And they switched over to more of like a cartoony aesthetic with like big head little characters and stuff like that. And uh, that style is continuing over to Hypersports R, which is uh, supposed to be coming out for the Switch this year. I'm not clear if it's going to be released in the U.S. Why is it called Hypersports R? So I don't know what the R comes from because that's a thing on the Switch I've noticed. Like there's Super Bomberman R or something like that. Like I don't know what the huh. R means. But uh, – I found the trailer for Hypersports R. It's a European trailer, so I don't know if it's going to come out here, if it's going to have a physical release or just a download. But it's continuing the same thing, and it's a lot about, like, shaking your Joy-Cons, you know, like, okay. uh, which I think is a fun way to approach an it's more com- It's game. more comfortable than jamming the buttons, it shaking is, your yeah. Joy-Cons. Now I really want to play that. I hope it does come out. I'll, I'll keep an eye out Nicole for it. Nicole loves to shake those that, Joy-Cons. That might be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to do that joke. Yeah, don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so let's uh, let's move on to our rankings here, unless you guys have anything else you want to say about it. Um, oh, I had an I, something that I thought would have been cool is if oh. there had been relays in this. Mm. Like, it would have been just, like, an extra level of, you know, multiplayer that would have been fun. Oh, that yeah, like, you could play on the same team about, or, you know, like, put a little button press to hand it off or something. Yeah. That yeah, could be entertaining, actually. I would yeah. like that. Um, all right, so each week we rank all the games that we have played. Uh, we are up to 78 games. This will be our 79th. Uh, so uh, let's start with Nicole. Nicole's got a few games on here by this point. Yeah. Uh, her current number one is still Mario Party, and her bottom game is still uh, Super Bowling, so it hasn't really moved in a while. Okay, so I think overall this game, it was it was fun, but my thumbs hurt, <laughs> and I wouldn't really want to go back and play again, most likely. So it does rank a little bit lower. I'm putting it at number 11, which is Ooh. after the NHL games mm-hmm. and above All-Star Tennis. Yep. Uh, just because, I mean, it did make me laugh until I cried. <laughs> so I think that, that was more due to advantage. Steve's noises than the game itself. <laughs> it's but. true, but any game that causes Steve to do that is probably <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> going to be entertaining. Um, but it... It did have a lot of things that were not super pleasant about playing it, and if you don't want to go back and play more, it kind of that, that definitely makes something rank lower. Yeah. So. Okay. And Woody, where are you putting? Um, this? Yeah, I, I I agree with Nicole. I mean, I really did have 
a lot of, this is a fun game to play for an hour like yeah, last yeah, definitely. week we played donkey kong 64 and that game is not very fun to play for an hour because no. you just have to go through a lot of the intro stuff and you're still unlocking moves and characters so you don't really get to see much of it this you can see the whole game in basically an hour mm-hmm. play through all the mini games so it keeps you know it keeps things interesting even though they're all kind of just slight variations on each other they are a bit i i would have felt very sad if I had purchased this game, but if I had friends over and we rented it, we probably would have had gotten our money's worth. Um, I'm putting it number 33, okay. which is, I think, right under Mario Party. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would rather play this Mario Party. Well, No, no I, would I would rather, rather play, play Mario I'm saying Party. it's oh, under yeah. Mario Party. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. rather play Mario Party. Mario yeah. Party has a lot more replay value, um, but this doesn't have that whole, you know, annoying board game randomness. It's and true. Boringness. And it scratches a similar itch of just, like, getting your friends together and acting goofy. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going a little higher than both of you, respectively. Uh, I'm putting this at number uh, 27, which is below Ridge Racer 64 and above Bust Move 99. Uh, I don't really believe in the concept of guilty pleasures. I feel like if you just like something, you should just like it. But this is the closest I've found to a guilty pleasure. Because you're really the just, there's so little gameplay. There's so little <laughs> gameplay, and you can't really say like it's a great game or anything, but it's, it's functional and it's fun in a really goofy way, and uh, it, it scratches that itch of a very old school, very particular type of game. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it, and I I had a good time with it, and I got a workout, a little bit of a workout, even if it half of it was us imposing a workout for the sake of just minor curiosity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, well, thank you guys for uh, playing and for coming running with me and, uh, and indulging that little whim that I had. Hey, Steve. Yo. Hey. Hey. You. Yo. You. What? What are we playing next week? Oh, it's it's interesting that you would phrase it that way. How curious. <laughs> because next week, we are playing a game called Hey! Hey, you! Hey, Pikachu! You. Hey, you, Steve! Hey! Hey! Hey, Steve! Pikachu! Hey! Uh, so it's going to be a lot of yeah, fun. It's called, hey! Pikachu! Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bobcat Goldthwait, apparently. Um, yeah, so Hey You Pikachu, uh, one of our, the, the second Pokemon game we've we've attacked on this series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's one of the weirdest games on the system. I have never played it. I'm curious to dig into it and see if it works. So uh, live up to the legacy of Seaman. Yes, if anything could. Uh, All right, everybody, tune in next week for Hey You Pikachu. And uh, don't forget to drop us a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We would really appreciate it. Send us an email. I mean, we might not read it for a while because, spoiler alert, we are banking some episodes early right now. But uh, we'll get to it eventually. And we love hearing from you guys. So, all right. Uh, ready, yeah. set, go away. Mash L and R. Go, 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 go. Ow, 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 Left, see, right, see, left, see, right, see. Ow, ow. Yes, that's how we leave a room now. Bye, everybody. Bye.